You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 103. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Uh, You're going to love my guest today. Someone is actually doing something about the quality of our conversations online and in a way that I think makes sense. So uh, first, I want to say that, you know, the last episode, in episode 102, the, you know, the math one, when I started out, I said that there was a lot going on in the news cycle at the beginning of 2020, even though, you know, things have been quiet on the tech side, sort of. And boy, was that an understatement now that we're another week into 2020. We should keep focused on the tech news, though, and, and on the tech landscape and on the internet landscape, because I believe that the year 2020 is really going to be seen as kind of a turning point on for the way the internet works. And it's, it's kind of happening right under our noses. The types of projects that have been funded for the last 10 years, the centralized big tech systems, they've resulted in a few increasingly regulated big companies, and they've sucked all the oxygen out of the room when it comes to their business models. And uh, they've become increasingly stale, and that is all going to change this decade, and it's really going to start to ramp up this year. Now, today we're going to talk about one specific aspect of this, and that's the way that we communicate with each other online and the way creators can get their content online. Uh, I actually kind of hate that word content. I usually, think, I know it sounds so it sounds so corporate. It sounds so, I, I, like the way creators get their thoughts online, their, their writing online, their ideas, their art, all that stuff, and the way that they interact with the people that they're trying to reach. So the way it works now on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, totally broken. I I haven't met anyone who disagrees. And, you know, I think we can agree on this. I don't know if you disagree, let me know, because you're the first one I've heard. But I know that everyone um, talking about, first of all, everyone talking about politics, you know, left and right, they think the algorithms are biased against them. And everyone has a point in certain respects. There are many aspects of these algorithms that are just completely broken and still unfixed. And in terms of the non-political creators, you still have to worry about a central point of failure, a third-party company that owns your data, owns your audience. One small change on their part part can just destroy your business or it can decide your success or failure. One bad actor in your field that's kind of adjacent to you, whatever that field might be, it could just ruin it for everybody. Uh, You know, we saw this, I mean... You know, maybe the example of cryptocurrency on Facebook and YouTube for a while, they sort of demoted it, then they, then they upvoted it, then you can never tell depending on what, what mood they're in. But, uh, you know, it could be for something even less controversial than that. You can see these swings in the algorithm. Remember in episode 91, when we talked about uh, ad tech and all the shenanigans that, that go on with that. Uh, so now we go, I want to go all the way back to episode nine of this program before I start the interview. Uh, Episode nine, uh, this is 103, but in episode nine, that was April 2018, I laid out what my plan would be for fixing Facebook. And I just want to say that I am delighted to have that statement age well. You know, not everything you put out on the internet ages well. Uh, That Facebook and Twitter are trying to create a universal discussion moderation platforms uh, for everybody is just unworkable. Uh, They haven't even come close to fixing the easy stuff. One example I give, there are a lot of great things about living in New York, about living in Brooklyn, but every once in a while, 
You have to deal with groups of people shouting nonsense to you on the street just when you're trying to get from point A to point B. Happens all the time. Maybe it's not as bad as on the West Coast. I, you know, sometimes worse on the West Coast, but people shout at you all the time here on your way to work, on your way to CVS, whatever. And it's kind of annoying. Sometimes it makes you want to move. Sometimes you can't listen to your favorite podcast because someone on the subway decides that their performance is more important than what you want to listen to. But look, when it's crazy people shouting at you online, they're just completely inescapable. You can't go inside your home. It's like these people climb into your work meetings. They climb into your coffee shop. and Well, sometimes they climb into your coffee shop anyway. But, you know, they climb into your home, into your living room, into your bedroom, for God's sakes, because wherever you invite the internet, call them trolls, but you can add ads to that, or people who are just confused, they come rushing in uh, and, you know, wherever you have an internet connection. So my guest today is working on a platform to, to address this problem in a novel way. He is the host of The Rubin Report, a talk show about big ideas and free speech. He is a media personality who has turned to technology to address the problems that he sees with our current platforms. Dave Rubin, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Max, I believe I've officially made it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's all downhill from here, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the that, that's that's what happens when you reach a local maximum, uh, if you know the uh, if you know the reference. Uh, so, all right. Uh, before we get into locals, uh, maybe you could tell me a little bit about the problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, we're having all these online discussions in places like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, what what has gone wrong in your view? Sure. Well, boy, I mean, almost everything has gone wrong in my view. <laughs> I think in almost everyone's view. I mean, look, you know, we're only 20 years in to this technological monster that we've we've created. And, you know, there's so much beauty to it. There is so much incredible stuff and connections and ability to share things and communicate. I mean, there, there's just an endless amount of of good stuff. But if you notice, I started the sentence by saying monster, because at the same time, we were handed the world and we're children with the world. We, we did not know what we were being handed. And, you know, not only were we being handed something uh, by companies that were growing super, super fast, uh, but we were also signing away our privacy. We didn't know what we were doing related to surveillance or how search algorithms were going to affect us or, or a series of other things. So for me, as, as someone that creates a show on YouTube, um, you know, I've sort of, and, and especially because I talk so much about free speech, I've really been right in the center, I would say, of what some of these big tech problems are, whether they're alg algorithmic manipulation of when you post a video to YouTube and I have, you know, something like 1.2 million subscribers and maybe 5% of them see the video or there's shadow banning on Twitter, which is now actually in the Twitter terms of service. Uh, they are allowed to de-boost uh, certain, certain tweets. Uh, we know about de-boosting. We know about um, unbiasing in search results. All of these things on top of the fact that creators don't own their content uh, we've also just sort of centralized all the power to three or four big companies between Google, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, you know, we're all all of us that not only that create content, but that consume content. We're all sort of sitting ducks with these companies where on any given day, if they decide to get rid of any of us or or make it so that people can't find your content or whatever else. 
um, you really have no recourse. I mean, have you ever tried to email someone at Google? I mean, if you can find an email, <laughs> it's a miracle. You know, I had a, I had a, I, yeah. have, I have a pretty successful YouTube channel, and it's only in the last year that I've even gotten a human contact there. So for five years, I had a TV quality show. I mean, my show could be on HBO tomorrow, and I couldn't even get a human over there. So. Uh, there was a litany of problems. Uh, and then suddenly I started seeing all these conservatives calling for government intervention, which generally conservatives are against, right? Conservatives don't want regulation. Yeah. And and that really was what led me to, to start local. So it was sort of a, it was a five year adventure in just being a creator and seeing the problems and, and relating them back to free speech and the issues that I talk about on the show. And then it became a very personal problem because we realized you know, I don't own my digital assets and I'm, I'm sort of a sitting duck like everybody else. And that that's what got us to ultimately create lo, uh, Locals, which we started about a year ago. Did you have when, when you started seeing these problems, was there a point when you were like, oh, uh, man, these companies are annoying. But uh, hey, you know, this is new technology. Maybe they'll get better. And, and maybe was there a point where you said, oh, no, this is something's got to be done about this? Yeah, well, you know, everybody, I think, has felt the first part of your question, which is, ah, something's not right. Oh, I just, you know, click sign and accept on all of these, you know, terms of service that I don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, I don't yeah. know about you, but I don't keep a lawyer on retainer that's sitting with me every time I download an app. And yet you sign away pages and pages of stuff just right then and there. Right. Um, so we had all sort of seen that there was a problem and everybody was complaining about it. And as I said, suddenly the conservatives were then calling for regulation, which they're not supposed to. And then you've got the lefties that love regulation and they're calling for it too. And I thought, well, now we've really got a problem because now both sides are calling for regulation and that's just centralizing more power to the government. I mean, do you want to give, if you're, if you're fearful of the power of big tech, well, then why would you combine its power with the power of the government and just make that power that much bigger? So there were a couple sort of seminal moments. I would say the key one was a little over a year ago. Uh, at the time, I was funding my show via subscription on Patreon, uh, which a lot of uh, subscribe, a lot of uh, creators use. And a guy by the name of Carl Benjamin, who goes by the YouTube moniker of Sargon of Akkad, uh, he was one of the sort of first kind of breakout political YouTubers years ago. Uh, he was doing an interview, not on his YouTube channel, nor on his Patreon page. He was on a third channel with someone else being interviewed. And he used the N-word, not as a racially pejorative phrase, but to actually mock the type of people that use that language. And Patreon decided to kick him off their platform for doing that with no recourse, even though it wasn't on their platform, nor was it on the his YouTube show, which he was using Patreon to fund. That struck me as such a bridge too far that something had to be done. So within within a few weeks, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, myself, and I think a couple other people, we all decided to leave Patreon. I felt, I just thought there has to be a better way to do this. And if we don't start standing up, uh, we're all going to get crushed. And on January 15th of uh, 2019, uh, I officially left Patreon. Uh, I was generating about 30 grand a month at the time in Patreon. And when I left, I still had 10 grand a month sitting there, even though I repeatedly told my audience to please leave and leave your accounts. But, you know, sometimes people sign up for things and forget. So if I was dishonest, I could still be cashing all of that. <coughs> Excuse me. But in essence, what I did was uh, I created a subscription service on DaveRubin.com, my website. And by by being brave, by just taking that step of bravery, uh, our revenue jumped by about 30%, which was pretty awesome when you consider 
when I was on Patreon, I was giving rewards and I was doing Google Hangouts with people and giveaways and all sorts of things. But once we moved it to my site, we actually stopped giving the rewards. And what that showed me is it's that people want to pay for good content. It's not necessarily the extra perks or you're going to get a hat or a shirt or a signed mug. Um, it's that they want to support people that are, are doing things that are interesting. And in this case, I think, a, a, you know, a little bit brave, I suppose. And, uh, and that was really the beginning of when the idea of locals really started to crystallize. Yeah, so it's interesting. So you've seen a lot of these companies, including Patreon, but also, you know, the socials sort of, you know, screwing up a little bit, uh, treating people unfairly. It sounds like they never actually targeted you personally, right? Well, I've never, well, it depends what you mean by they in that I've never been deplatformed. So I, right, right. Yeah, You've I'm just observed on. it happening to a lot of people and it's um, like other people and it kind of hurt the quality of what the internet is supposed to be, I guess you could say. Right. So it's like, look, I'm not here to defend every single person that's been deplatformed. My personal preference, um, just philosophically, would be that as long as you're not breaking the laws of the United States, that you should be allowed to be on these platforms. That being said, these platforms are private companies. I think there's there's some questions because now they have so many high level connections with governments and and um, and things of that nature that I think there is some question there. Uh, but basically, the point is, I'm. While I'm not here to defend everyone who was deplatformed, what I realized was when when Sargon got deplatformed from Patreon, I thought this is a massive move of the line. So it's like this guy is not a racist. This guy is fighting for individual rights and freedom and all of those things. He's a bit of a troll. He's he, you know he may use language that you don't like. But if this guy can't be on a platform, then you and most of the people you know can't be on a platform. So it wasn't about me being hit directly. Although that being said. Um, you know, there was some uh, self-preservation here because I thought if he could be kicked off, I could be kicked off. So I better make a preemptive move here. Right. Well, good thinking. <laughs> All right. So uh, when you say you're when you tell people you're creating like, you know, an alternative to some of these platforms, whether it's YouTube or, or Twitter or Facebook, I think a lot of people have said, oh, you know, I already know an alternative. It's it's X. You should use Y. You should use Z. Uh, did you look at some of these alternatives that already exist? And where do these currently existing alternatives sort of fall short of what you're trying to do? Sure. So there, there are a couple things out there. So like on the video side, you know, there's BitChute, which is decentralized video. And they've got a pretty slick video player that works pretty fast. Um, you know, there's Gab, obviously, which has attracted a lot of more, let's say, uh, further right people. Oh yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I tried to go on there to promote the show and then I realized what it was and it wasn't, uh, wasn't my thing. Was, wasn't your thing. Right. So <laughs> no, I don't begrudge any of these people, any of the projects that they're working on. But what I realized was I wanted to do something that was completely different than anyone else had done, uh, which is everyone wants to create platforms, meaning top down platforms where the same set of rules apply to everybody and and that there's really centralized power within the platform and i actually wanted to do the reverse and this is what we've done with locals so with locals we are creating communities for creators so now first off you own all of the content that you put on there right so youtube could kick me off tomorrow my content would be gone and not only would my content be gone i would have no way of even reaching my audience but i don't have email addresses or contact information for my one million plus subscribers so you own the content you own the user data. So if you leave us with locals, you get the user data. We're going to give it to you. Um, those are two huge differences. Another difference is we're creating communities. So we have iOS apps. We have a desktop version. We've got uh, an Android app. 
And we have a news feed that is unmanipulated and you can post video and you can post uh, audio and, and pictures and all that. People can like, people can comment, people can communicate with uh, the creators directly. This is all subscription based as well. And for my, for my local, the Ruben Report community, um, you can pay as little as $5 and people do that. And some people pay me $100 a month. Uh, you, so it's, it's subscription based, which by the way, gets rid of most of the bots and the trolls because trolls aren't going to pay you to troll you. But now here's another real key that I think we've changed the game with on this, which is that let's say it, someone's trolling me or in there to really raise hell and just be awful. Well, A, they have to pay me to do it and I can decide whether to keep that money or not. But if I want to boot them out, I'm not deplatforming them the way if you kick someone off Twitter, they've been deplatformed off the platform. If I kick them out of my local, they can still go to anyone else's local. And this is this. So there's no deplatforming because you can set your own rules in your local. Uh, so someone may not want speech about this. Someone may not want pictures about this. That's up to every creator to set their own rules. We have a TOS, a terms of service across the board. You know, you can't break the laws in the United States, but we're handing all the power back to the creators. Um, you know, we have things like, you know, you'll get push notifications that are not manipulated by algorithms and you can sell tickets if you're a, if you're a comedian or a, uh, or a speaker or an author or whatever else. So I think we've solved 95% of the problems for 95% of the people. You can also connect communities. So if you subscribe to a few people, you can either have as many apps on your phone as you want, but if you want to do it all through one app, uh, we've got a really cool way, uh, sort of the way Slack, you can jump from group to group. Uh, you can actually jump from creator to creator. Um, so we, I think we've built something that's really cool. I'm, most of my day right now is, uh, is about fundraising for our next round, which I'm, I'm glad to say is going really well. Uh, but as I'm sure I don't have to tell you, uh, you know, it's just a lot of talking to a lot of different people and sort of herding cats to get everybody on board. But yep. uh, maybe there's people. someone listening right now who yeah, uh, I mean, we're, might be interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're raising a $2 million round right now and it, it's going pretty well. Um, so I'm, I'm not even concerned on that front. I think the pieces are falling into place. You know, I'm not taking a dime from the company, by the way. I take no salary or anything like that. I've put in a tremendous amount of sweat equity and I've put in some money. Um, and, you know, if we blow this thing up, which I think we will, obviously I'll make some money on it. Um, but I'm not looking to profit on it or take a salary or anything like that. I think we can build something here. I, well, not think. We have built something here that is really cool uh, that I think is solving most of the problems. And, um, you know, we're just going to push it as far as we can. So one of the things that resonates with me that I actually I talked about on this show two years ago was that Facebook and Twitter and all these things are trying to create like a, a single standard, um, you know, rules of, of, of engagement for the entire world, for literally everyone in the entire world, which uh, seems to an impossible question and an impossible problem. And their attitude is, no, our problem is we just can't be everywhere at once and we just have to put more firepower to it and eventually we'll solve this problem of creating <laughs> rules that work for everyone in the world, yeah. which to me sounds kind of crazy. Well, um, I, I totally agree. I mean, not only does it sound crazy, but it's, it's unsustainable and it's, they can't even pretend that it makes sense, right? So it's like, you know, Hamas can be on Twitter, but then we'll take out this white nationalist or like there's a million examples of the incongruity that goes along and the, and the way that they selectively apply these rules. So I think people are just sick of it. And that was another reason that we thought, all right, well, let's hand the power to the creator. You set your rules. And if someone, you know, it would be, it's like this related to free speech. I'm all for anyone saying whatever they want uh, walking down the public street, but I don't invite everybody in my house to say whatever they want. So there's a reason you have a fence at your house or a, or a lock on your door. 
And I think by by dealing with this in a little more mature way, and by, and by the way, by having a subscription model where you're keeping the trolls out, it also incentivizes people to, to behave a little bit better. And that's what I'm so enthused about because we've got thousands of people in my app right now and, and we're having no problems whatsoever. It's, it's really quite amazing, actually. Uh, so when someone starts a new community on Locals, like is it... Are they going to have to watch very carefully to, uh, you know, monitor what's going on on their site? Like, how how difficult do you see that being for for like an individual creator or moderator? Are they going to have some help in in doing this? Or? Yeah. So uh, moderation is part of our services. So it really just depends what level of moderation you want. You know, some creators may some creators may want just like a total free for all. And again, as long as it's not breaking the right. broad TOS, that'll be just fine. Some people will want more help, and then you know we're, we have as part of our packages ways that will help you moderate content. Um, so it really, again, it's handing the power back to the creator, um, and it really depends. So it's like you know somebody that's maybe more in in the free speech space where I am is going to have a pretty open ended policy or as open ended as possible. But you know we might we want all sorts of people to be on here, not just political people. We want gamers to be on here, and I want knitters or a chess group or anyone that's got any sort of interesting content and and certain groups may want more specific rules and may need help doing it um and and we're going to offer that as a service yeah cool so is this your first time running a tech company <laughs> it is my first time and i can assure you that the last thing i needed in my life was a third job because <laughs> tell me what was the learning curve on that um, has it been? It, it's been pretty amazing and i gotta tell you i i really do enjoy it much more than i thought i was going to enjoy it i have i have a great partner uh, named Basaf, who's a, a development guy, uh, who's been a product development guy for about a decade, uh, who's Israeli and uh, really has that has that notorious uh, Israeli fire and coordination and upfrontness, uh, and he's just great at moving things forward. and uh, And we've I've enjoyed being in all these meetings. I've enjoyed learning. I've enjoyed seeing the good parts of Silicon Valley and the bad parts of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also a really interesting time right now because there is such a need for this thing. And yet everyone's been so afraid to, to make it. So I think we've also, you know, when I talk to people, we get very, when I tell you truly, we get almost no pushback on any of the technical things that we've built. Uh, that really is the truth. Um, it's just a matter of people being brave enough to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, my advice would be find engineers who are enthusiastic about the mission and uh, just let them go build stuff. Because, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. And, and by the way, my three original investors were all fans of mine from Patreon who I got to know over the course of a couple of years who all uh, said to me, you know, Dave, if you ever build something, let me know. And they all immediately jumped in as investors. And several of our programmers and some of our behind the scenes people are, are also uh, mission aligned sort of fans of the show and fans of what I do and uh, people who've been creating interesting things. So, yeah, getting finding some mission aligned people and, you know, let's say people who are a little more libertarian minded or just open to thinking about things in a more decentralized way. Um, they're out there and we're going to collect as many of them as possible. So one of the things that I've noticed in you know, building all these products over the years, whether it's, you know, Foursquare, Marsbot, my audience knows about that stuff. Um, I always find that when I put something out into the public, there's always, people always tend to use it in ways that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the most exciting parts about building a, pro a tech product, I, I think. Uh, have you had any surprises so far uh, as people start to use locals? Have someone done something where you said, hey, I actually wasn't uh, expecting someone to use it that way? 
That's a really great question. You know, so so the Rubin Report community, again, it's at rubinreport.com and you can just search in the IO, uh, Apple. Uh, right. So you're or, or, the, or, uh, the first uh, user is, is you. So that right. right? So I'm, that's the like, first, I'm the first creator as we the tape, first creator. Right? As we tape this today, tomorrow, uh, we're going to announce the second creator and we uh, who's a fairly well known name. And we've got a couple other big names coming over the next few weeks. Our biggest problem right now is that it grew so quickly. And when I did the live stream announcing locals, uh, we thought we'd get maybe 200 leads. We have over 5,000 creators right now that are waiting for us to build them uh, communities. That's why oh, yeah. we, that's why we had to move our fundraising up so quickly because we're just inundated right now and we just need more staff. Um, but to specifically answer your question, so because I'm the only creator, I haven't seen any any shocks on the creator side. What I can tell you is this. If, if you look at what's happening in the community, the type of conversation, the way people are connecting with each other, talking about meeting in real life, and having dinners together and let's do group meetups and let's do a book club and a movie night and share these ideas with people all over the world. Um, I think it's offering some, uh, uh, you know, we thought that social media was going to create community and it did for a while. And then that community melted down because of a lot of bad actors. And what I'm most enthused about about the community isn't necessarily that we can secure your video and make sure that we can sell tickets and and all of those things. What I'm enthused about is that it's giving people an internet that they like, that when you open the app, it's not, it's not, uh oh, this is Twitter, what's gonna happen next? Um, so that's the part I'm most excited about. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone use it in an inherently bad way yet, but look, some of that's gonna come down the pike no matter what. Yeah, so, um, so uh, you have the second, I don't know if you call it local, like, is that your individual local or your individual community? Do you call it one local or how does no, that? So every creator is opening their own locals. Their own, right, right. Yeah. So you your have own, one local now that's your yours. Your own local community, yeah. Right. And by the time uh, this goes out, uh, by the time this episode goes out, you'll probably have one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes out on Monday. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we're announcing today's Thursday, uh, so we're announcing the next one tomorrow, Friday. Uh, I will. I'll come on at the beginning of the show. I'll talk about. It. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll, I'll say what that is, uh, and um, yeah. So, how many do you expect? You said you had five thousand. I know the local maximum is one of them, which is actually it's pretty fortuitous. If I ended up getting one, I don't have to have like I could just use the name local. I could just say like maximum.local.com. That's so one of the things is people will be able to do it just that, that way. Or, you know, we can flip everything over to your to your website, however you want to do it. And the more of these communities that we grow, eventually there'll be a discover engine and the rest of it. Um, but, you know, one of the keys here is that I'm not telling people uh, to leave YouTube. I'm not telling people to leave Twitter. Use those things, leverage those things so that you can build your audience, so that you can build your community, so you can figure out a functional way to monetize your content. And I really do believe that subscriptions are the future. You know, we thought everything was free, except they were charging us our soul. And I think it's time that we take a little bit of the power back to ourselves. And and to to directly answer your question, I mean, in terms of how many we could build out and how quickly, it really depends on how quickly we can close this round of funding, uh, which quite literally until the moment I got on the phone with you, I was on call with investors. And the second I get off with you in a couple minutes, I'll be back on the phone with investors. And And it's all going well. And, you know, once we're we're taken care of on that front, we can really blow this thing up. One thing I'm intrigued by is the idea of connecting communities. So let's suppose that one day local maximum grows. I have my own local maximum local. Yep. And then it's like, okay, I want to connect communities. What, what, what's that going to be like? Like who, who would I look to connect with? Would, so you know, 
look, the idea here is it's a sort of very uh, libertarian principle that, you know, you create relationships that hopefully are beneficial to both of you. So if let's say you have a friend that's a creator of any kind, let's just say he's a video gamer, it doesn't even matter. Um, you can start telling people that your friend, whoever this video gamer is, has their own local community. And by the way, we have a, a really great referral program because we want to incentivize creators on the platform to bring on other creators. Uh, so there's a nice referral fee that you get for incentivizing that. And then within the app, sort of the way they have it on Slack, you can actually, so that way, you know, some people, if you want to have 10 different apps for 10 different creators you support, that's just fine. You can do that. Um, but within the app, you'll be able to actually change feeds. So let's say someone's, the, you know, the Dave Rubin super fan, but they also subscribe to you and they subscribe to Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro or whoever else may be on there. They can find all of their feeds within the app, um, it, within one app, say my app or any of the other apps. So that's a nice way of creating just a more streamlined system. And again, it's still, we're not creating a full on platform. Uh, we're just creating ways for communities to interact with each other. So you talk a lot about uh, you know people owning their own data. What what does that functionally mean for the creators? What what can you do if you own your own data that you couldn't do, uh, say in our you know in our current world? Well, well, look. I mean, the easiest example of this is right now. You know, most YouTubers, you upload something to YouTube, and YouTube can shut you down at any given moment. I mean, every few weeks we hear another one of these that YouTube gave somebody three strikes out of nowhere. The account is gone, and their videos are gone. You know, most people don't have servers. Most people don't uh, upload all their stuff to the cloud or all these other places. We're also looking into some decentralized storage, which I think is also the future of all of this. That's not, we don't have that right now, but we have a couple interesting companies that we're talking to on that front. That sounds pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, well, because the idea here is I don't want to own their storage. I want to make sure that people own their own storage, uh, own their own content. We just right. want to give them the vehicle to be able to do it. So um, you will not only own your content that you, if you upload something to your local community, it's your content. It's not ours, it's yours. And not only that, as I said before, you own the user data too. So instead of the million people that I can't reach on YouTube, even though they've subscribed to me, you're gonna have email addresses and, and whatever other contact information uh, people provide. And by the way, if you as a user leave locals, we delete all of your information. We're not looking to sell information. The only thing that we keep is your at handle in case you ever want to, you know, join back on locals, but everything else is gone. I see. So, um, yeah, so uh, you are looking for ways to, um, so it sounds like for now you might host something, but you're looking for ways to even offload that and yeah. also yeah. just it's try to keep. To At the moment, there isn't a financially sound way to do the full decentralized storage thing. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, that's a that's a tough problem. Yeah, but it's on the horizon and we're talking to a lot of interesting things and there's all sorts of crypto stuff and, and we're figuring out some other payment process stuff. I mean, all of, look, there's a ton of issues here, right? We could talk for, we could talk for 20 hours nonstop about all of the different issues that different people are having, whether, whether uh, it's storage or free speech related or payment processors. And, and trust me, we've, we've worked through as many of these as possible. You just can't launch them all at once, as you know. So we're going to roll out different things over the course of time. All right. Well, I will certainly uh, keep up with it and uh, I will, uh, I'll, I'll join the, I will have joined the Dave Rubin uh, locals. So I'll, I'll try to participate a little bit more and uh, yeah, well, see how that know, goes. Post this link there and that's how you'll, you'll get some new fans and, and that's how these things work. You know, it's like, I want, one of the things that I really want is um, other creators and other people 
and I've seen this, by the way, people have advertised for their restaurants on there. They've talked about, you know, they, they sell, you know, shirts online or whatever it is. It's like, that's what interesting community is. It's like, we're all coming together because we, we kind of like free speech. We maybe have some libertarian beliefs. You know, we want to solve some of the problems of the day. And then it's like, let's really find out about people as opposed to Facebook, where we all connected with all these people that we don't care about. It's like this monster that we can't control anymore. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's people who I care about in one aspect, but I don't necessarily need their opinion. And then yeah, yeah. And other people Facebook who making, I, I want their opinion, but I don't really want to see their cat, you know. That, well, that's exactly it. I mean, Facebook is making all of social media in many ways is making us hate people we used to like and like people we used to hate. So it's like, I think there's a better way to do this. And I think that's what we've built here. All right. So the new service is called Locals. You can check it out at locals.com. Very good uh, very good domain name. And if you want to hear more from Dave, you can check out his very popular podcast and YouTube channel, The Rubin Report. Dave, there's a lot of engineers and designers and product professionals who are listening to the local maximum right now. Let's say they want to help out. Where would you send them? Yeah. Well, listen, guys, we're hiring jobs at locals.com. Uh, we're mostly looking for developers and product people, but you know, we're going to need onboard people and customer success and and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, you know, every now and every now and again, I tweet out the link and then our, our uh, email gets blown up. But if you've got some interesting skills, if, if you feel like you're mission aligned and passionate about this stuff, jobs at locals dot com. Uh, right now, we have an office in New York. Most of our developers are in Europe. Uh, oh, what neighborhood in New York? Uh, our office, let's say West Side. Okay. Oh, I don't, I mean, <laughs> it could literally be right around the corner from here. I don't yeah, know. It, so it, I, it, I often find that it is because we're in Flatiron. Right, right, right. So we're not, we're not in Flatiron, but, uh, but in, in Manhattan, we've got an office over there and we, we just hired some more people this week. So jobs at locals.com and hopefully we'll hear from some of your listeners that, that have some passion and want to fix some of this stuff. All right. Sounds great. Dave, thank you for coming on the show. Max, enjoyed talking to you. All right. A few follow-ups first. Uh, the second local, I know I said that I would, uh, I would come on before the show uh, to talk about it, but I guess this is after show. Uh, so this is first, first, second local. This is my first announcement after the show, but the second person that Dave Rubin announced that he signed up over the weekend is comedian Bridget Fetessy. I'll link to that. I also will link to Dave's episode on the Rubin Report that, act, that uh, announces the creation of locals and... Uh, all the links at localmaxradio.com slash 103. A few past episodes of Local Maximum, which are relevant. I actually try to do this on every show notes page. I link to previous episodes that kind of have led up to it that are relevant. But for this episode, I want to talk about them uh, in the episode right now because they are really relevant. Obviously, there's episode nine on fixing Facebook where I kind of laid out the problem that uh, Dave was just talking about. Another good one. Uh, to reference is episode 50 on bypassing gatekeepers. And this was last year where Aaron and I actually covered the story of Dave Rubin leaving Patreon with all those people. So this is a great follow-up. Episode 61, I spoke to Facebook content creator. I spoke to a Facebook content creator who was demonetized and essentially deplatformed by the company. This happens again and again and again. And finally, episode 91 with Shoshana Wadinsky on uh, ad tech intrigues. Um, and I want to point out this one to you because I, I want to make sure that I'm not coming at everything from, from one side politically. But yeah, all sorts of nonsense is going on when it comes to the ad side of thing, which is very important to businesses. And 
to us, the people who are subjected to these ads, and Shoshana is really on top of that. So I'll link to that. I'll link to all of that on the show notes page for this episode, which you can get at localmaxradio.com slash 103. Next week, I'm hoping to do another news update with Aaron. These are always fun and badly needed right now. It's like there's a good chance we'll probably talk for four hours straight and we'll have to put out bonus episode after bonus episode, but we'll see. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. The show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account, at Max Sklar. Have a great week. Feel the power.